today is Epiphany. It's a day of unveiling, a day of revelation. It's a day when we celebrate God making known, not just to the people of Israel, but to the whole world, that a Savior has been born for all. And such a portentous event, such a pivotal moment in human history is accompanied by properly cosmic signs. Your language of stars and long journeys from the east. And those moments of revelation enlighten us with beauty and wisdom. I had one such moment when I was 12 years old. We were on a a family vacation to Arizona. We had made our way north from Phoenix. We had seen the Red Rocks at Sonoma, seen Oak Creek Canyon. And we were somewhere in between Phoenix and Flagstaff on our way up to the Grand Canyon. But we were staying the night in a little hotel in the middle of the Arizona desert. And it was getting late, very late, very dark. And this would be normally the time when my brother and I would be getting ready for bed. So great was our delight when Dad said, all right, everybody in the car. And my brother and I looked at each other and we had one thought between us, ice cream. (laughs) What else could it be? So we piled in the car, we're excited, we're eager, and we drive, and we drive, and we drive. Now, I'm sure the drive was only about 15 minutes, but when it's 10 o'clock at night, that feels like a century when you're 12 years old. So eventually, the car comes to a stop. My dad says, all right, everybody out. My brother and I clamber out. We look around. Not a Dairy Queen to be seen. In fact, there's not much of anything to be seen. It looks like we're really in the middle of the desert. My dad says to us, now, look up. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And that whole dome of heaven, brothers and sisters, glowed like I had never seen before. It was as if God had taken a brush of light and smeared radiance all across the ceiling of the world. I had never seen that cloud of the Milky Way before, never seen so many stars in my life. And I stood there with my jaw open with what felt like another century. I was so blown away by the high beauty of that desert night sky. And what has stayed with me all these years later is, of course, the beauty of that night sky. But just as wonderful and even warmer is the memory of my father's smiling face as we got back into the car because he was so pleased with himself. And rightly so. Because I remember from that night my dad's wisdom. He wanted to give his kids something bigger than themselves. But if he had said to a 12 and 10-year-old, hey, let's go look at some stars out in the middle of nowhere, "Eh, it's not a great invitation. But he knew how to lead us into that beauty exercising that wisdom to draw us into that marvel. And that marvel of beauty and wisdom is what we celebrate today on this Epiphany Sunday. 
That marvel of beauty and wisdom is on full display in our gospel passage. And it centers around this story of the Magi. These were figures obsessed with beauty and wisdom. They had dedicated their lives to gazing at that night sky. Not just to stand there with their jaws open, but because they believed in that very old and almost unshakable human superstition that the stars had something to tell us. The stars, for all their beauty, contained wisdom somehow. And there is something there, something about that beauty of the stars does draw our hearts. And it's paradoxical how we look to the stars in that way. The stars are they're so high above us, so distant, mysterious, and yet shining like jewels. And for that reason, they seem like so much better guides to daily life here on Earth. The Magi would look at the night skies, pore over their charts to determine what the future would hold, what the best course of action in daily life would be. The stars, being so far away in their beauty, had a better perspective on the messiness of life, providing a sense of wisdom and guidance. The Magi, these sages, they wanted the perfect marriage of transcendence, that high beauty of the stars, with imminence, closeness, the warm wisdom of an orderly day, of everything happening just as it's supposed to. How great would have their confusion been by the appearance of this strange star in the West, portending something that they had never even imagined before, that perfect union of transcendence and imminence, of beauty and wisdom, to be born as a newborn king of the Jews. And as they set out, as they come to Bethlehem, they encounter God's gift of beauty and wisdom made flesh. In the infant of Bethlehem, sleeping in Mary's arms, starry beauty has taken on warm human flesh. No longer high and distant and removed, but here among us and with us. That light of guidance that the Magi sought is now here before them. And we can tell from Matthew's telling of the story that they longed for that wisdom. They longed for something here among us. Because the word that's repeated three times in the Gospel reading is the word homage. We have come to do him homage. Now, we hear that, and that's kind of a churchy word. It kind of washes over us. It's a very Bible word. And they go, homage, it's like respect and, and giving the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But homage was serious business in the first century. You only did homage to the great of the world, the kings, the emperors, the high princes, To do homage is to make an act of complete submission to a higher authority. That's why the Magi prostrate themselves. 
I love how the statues of the Magi make their way to our nativity scene by Epiphany Sunday, but I would love that we had statues of the Magi that were lying face down in front of Jesus. Because that would accurately represent what they did when they finally arrived. They wanted to submit themselves fully to this wisdom incarnate. Because they wanted beauty to be something that would lead them. Wisdom that would be something that would be with them. Those desires for beauty and wisdom have not left us with the passing of the Magi. We all seek the star of Bethlehem. We all want that warmth of wisdom to guide us throughout our lives. We all want that beauty to shine a path of clarity in the messiness of our world. Today, brothers and sisters, at this altar, the star of Bethlehem descends again to be among us. Starry beauty takes human flesh and gives himself to us in the Eucharist. When we eat his body and drink his blood, we receive beauty incarnate, wisdom incarnate. That high, sublime glory of God comes to dwell among us so that we might carry the light of that star out into the world. Indeed, that we might become that star. Because, brothers and sisters, there are still magi among us. There are still people who are seeking among the high things of the world, whether it be science or art or philosophy, they are seeking beauty and wisdom. We have received it. We are meant to go out and lead others to it. Perhaps today we will meet one of those modern magi who are seeking with all their hearts to do homage to beauty and wisdom here in our midst. Our task will be to share the wisdom that the Magi do not know. The star of beauty leads us all to Christ. In him do we find all beauty and wisdom.